0: Good evening. good evening, evening. It's great to see you here this evening. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we're working our way, taking a long, slow stroll through Psalm twenty-three uh, in the evenings here. And I'm, I'm really glad that we're doing this because, um, to be honest with you, Psalm twenty-three. If I had to name my favourite chapter in the whole Bible, which is really not a good thing, because I just, you know, you really want to have it all, but. Um, I think if I had to name Sam, uh, name a chapter, if somebody said, give me one chapter, it would be Psalm 23. Um, Psalm 23 really just says so much in those few uh, short verses, six verses that really uh, says so much, and there's so much in there. Um, I have a friend who, who became a Christian uh, a while back now, and um, I asked him, just tell me, share your testimony, how did that, how did you come to faith? And He said, you know, I was just reading Psalm 23, and and the penny dropped, and I just thought to myself, who wouldn't want this? Who wouldn't want this? Uh, And he came to faith uh, through Psalm 23. So we're going to turn to Psalm 23 now. Uh, Folks, it's in uh, the pew Bibles there. 555 is the page number, um, or uh, on your phone, or however, or or the the words will be on the screen. Um, But I want to read Psalm 23 for us now. And King David writes this, and this, of course, is speaking on behalf of everyone who trusts in the Lord as their shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's pray for a moment, folks, as we continue to respond to God moving amongst us. Father God, we thank you for your word speaking to us. We thank you for your spirit moving amongst us. And we pray that as we encounter our good shepherd here tonight, that you would grant us a time of refreshing that you would refresh our souls. Father, we pray these things for your glory, for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. So now we're now in week three of the psalm, uh, and we're the psalmist, you see, the psalmist starts with the words, the Lord, and we can easily skip over the first two words to get into the body of the psalm, can't we? But we really need to just, hey, just take it easy, wait a moment, the Lord, that's Yahweh. That's Yahweh that he's talking about here. That's the maker of heaven and earth. That's who he's talking about. And and, and, you know, he's not just some great big God way out there somewhere. No, for the Lord is my shepherd. He's a very personal God. He's a very intimate God. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd as we trust in him. I lack nothing, he goes on, and Graham talked about that a a couple of weeks ago. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and Gareth unpacked that for us last week. And so we get to our our verse for this evening. He leads me beside quiet waters, he refreshes my soul. And I guess the first thing I I, want to look at is, is that we use this word soul a lot, don't we? We've been singing about it, we use it a lot, and perhaps we use it a lot without thinking too much about it. So, just very briefly as we start, what exactly is our soul? Well, there's a little bit of ambiguity around it, but if we do a, a study through Scripture and how Scripture uses the word, we, we find some helpful conclusions. Sometimes the Hebrew or the Greek word is rendered soul. So, sometimes it's spirit. Sometimes it's it's life. But simply stated the human soul is that part of us that is not physical. It's that part of us that is not physical. You see, in Psalm 103, King David writes, he writes, Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. You see, David's inmost being is that part of him that he cannot see or touch. As opposed to his, what we might call his outmost being, his that part of him that he can see and touch, his body. Our soul is that part of us that we can't see or touch, but that is nevertheless every bit as real as that that we can. It is an essential part of us, for without it, we're dead. And the spiritual soul lives on after the physical body dies and is is left behind. As the great Scottish theologian George MacDonald, as he put it, he he said, we don't have a soul. We are a soul. We have a body. You see, a combination of our physical body and our spiritual soul together make us the the human being that we are. Jeremiah 38 tells us that just as with the body, the soul is created by God. 2 Peter 2 tells us that our soul can be strong or, or it can be unsteady. James 1, that our soul can be lost or it can be saved. And of course, Jesus is the great Savior and Shepherd of souls. In 1 Peter 2, Peter writes this to the believers, he writes to the church, to you and me, and he says, for you were like sheep going astray, but now, as we have trusted in Jesus, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. Matthew 11 tells us that we can turn to Jesus to find rest for our souls. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Which leads us nicely to this idea of Jesus leading us by the quiet waters beside quiet waters and refreshing our souls. And and the word that's, that's in our church Bibles here is refreshes It's another one of those Hebrew words that doesn't translate just nice and neatly into English for us. In other versions of the Bible, it is, of course, translated as, He restores my soul. And many of us will be familiar with that particular expression. But also other versions of the Bible use the the word, "He, he, He revives my soul, or He renews my soul. So when we're talking about tonight about Jesus refreshing our soul, we're including this breadth of interpretation uh, of, of our, in our thinking. He refreshes, He restores, He renews, He revives. And you see, as He does so, He is also pointing us to, He's leading us to that total refreshing, restoring, renewing, and reviving that He will one day complete on His return. When He will make all things new. And we will live forever with him on the refreshed, restored, renewed, revived earth. But as we journey through our lives to that wonderful day, how do we let Jesus refresh our souls day by day? That's the question for us tonight. So I want to suggest that we need to retreat to refresh. Retreat to refresh. Now, the thing to make clear about this uh, idea of retreat, for those of us who perhaps are not familiar with this sort of spiritual concept, is that in retreating, on retreat, it's not throwing in the towel. It's not giving up or giving in. No, quite the opposite, quite the opposite. You see, to take a time of retreat for refreshment, to take a time of retreat is to take a time for refueling, retuning, returning as our Father leads us on to victory. For in Second Corinthians, and we've been singing about it tonight, for in Second Corinthians Paul writes, Thanks be to God who always leads us on in triumphal, in triumphal procession. You see the church empowered by the Spirit of God and led by the risen Son of God is constantly advancing in victory. So folks, retreat is not giving up or giving in. No, let me use a couple of pictures of two vehicles perhaps to help to illustrate this point. It's not like the tank that was rumored to come from a certain nation that had 15 gears, one forward and 14 reverse, because they always seem to be retreating. No, we're not talking about that kind of retreat. Instead, we're talking more about a racing car Let's look at a racing car for a moment. A Formula One racing car that's, that's taking a pit stop to refuel and retune to go on to win the race. And there's Lewis Hamilton's Formula One World Championship winning Mercedes. Just like with the racing car, as we go through our day, as we go through our week or our years, we can start to run a little low on spiritual fuel. Our soul can, can start to feel a little flat, a little stagnant or weary or, or downcast we can start to get a little bit out of tune with the Spirit of God. And one of the ways that we can be refueled and retuned, refreshed, is by taking a spiritual pit stop, a retreat. That's what a retreat is, taking time to step out of the busyness, the hustle and bustle, the, the distractions of the world, to focus on the presence of God who loves us, and in so doing, to be refueled, retuned, refreshed for the road ahead. We see Jesus himself practicing this, this spiritual discipline. Look, chapter 5, it tells us Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And of course, a, a retreat can be for various lengths of time. And in Scripture, we see Jesus having what we would maybe call a daily quiet time. We see him attending synagogue weekly on the Sabbath. We see him taking a, a, spending 40 days in the wilderness. And we return to looking at those at how we can follow Jesus' model in a moment or two. But so often we find, don't we, that we lead a hectic pace of life. and during the recent COVID lockdowns, well whilst for, for some of us the pace of life sped up, if we were, for instance, involved in, in, in providing essential frontline services, life became more frantic than usual. But then on the other hand, for some of us, we were forced into a a season of involuntary retreat. And the problem was that either prolonged increased busyness or enforced retreat knocked us out of balance and neither was good for us. And we all suffered to some degree or other during those lockdown times. So one of the lessons from lockdown... A lesson from lockdown is that we need a balance of activity and rest of fellowship and solitude. And you know, whilst COVID hasn't entirely gone away, lots of restrictions have been lifted and along with, with some return to normal activities where it's kind of busyness as usual for most of us, I guess, isn't it? But we must remember, we do well to remember this lesson from lockdown and seek a healthy balance of times of, of activity with times of retreat. So, so how can we practically best do that going forward? Well, through the, the spiritual discipline of retreat to refresh, we, God invites us, God invites us to stop. He invites us to stop. He invites us firstly to stillness, stillness. God says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. Now, as evangelicals, we have a problem with this, don't we? You see, as evangelicals, we're activists. We have this Protestant work ethic. And we have all of the nations to evangelize and disciple. And we just want to be getting on with it, don't we? But I guess in other strands of Christianity, we have perhaps stronger contemplative traditions. And these are good for we see them in the Bible. You see, the more meditative tradition allows us to reintroduce into our lives the more biblical balance, a healthy cycle of, of action and meditation. For there is indeed a time for all things, a time for activity and a time for contemplation. A time to do and a time simply to be. Because we are, after all, as someone once said, human beings and not human doings. And the contemplative tradition allows us to remember to our true identity, not just as human beings, but as beloved children of God. As beloved children of God. As we ponder that great truth. Taking time to retreat allows us simply to be children of God, to be in His presence, to be still and to be content there. And that outer stillness of the body leads to the inner stillness of the mind, of the soul. Through retreat, God also invites us to silence. See, the the prophet Habakkuk, he writes, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. We live in a noisy world, don't we? We live in a noisy world. We are constantly bombarded with noise, with people, traffic, machinery, radio, TV, phones, ringing and bleeping and pinging and all sorts. We live in a noisy world, noise all around us for most of the time. Retreat can help us to get away from the noise. Close the door, turn off the phone, be alone with God in the silence. See, silence can help us to get closer, to go deeper, to hear the gentle whisper, that still, small voice of our Father. Through retreat, God invites us to stillness, to silence, and thirdly, also to solitude. To solitude. You know, it's wonderful to be part of the church, both locally and globally. And I love that, and I love to regularly be with my church community, my church family to have that fellowship together. The church family is God's idea, and it's, it's fellowship togetherness is absolutely vital for all of us. But we also need that time of solitude, times to be alone with God. Mark writes in his gospel, he says, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You know, the early Christians, they valued they, 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 they valued solitude and they often sought it out in the desert or the mountains or the islands that were around them. And there's still great value and wisdom in doing that today. So these elements of stillness, silence, and solitude, well, they can be incorporated into our daily quiet times, into our weekly Sabbaths, into perhaps occasional longer retreats. And when we bring ourselves into those times, then there's a little exercise that the author Dallas Willard suggests. He suggests this to help us to focus on God, to help us to be refreshed by the Good Shepherd. He says, first of all, when we come, we come. We read. We read a passage of Scripture. Now you can read as much or as little of Scripture as you as you feel led at that time. But it doesn't have to be a long reading. It could just be a few words. What about, for instance, from Zephaniah 3 and verse 17? The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. God is with us, you see. God is with us, always with us by His Holy Spirit and His living Word, and as we settle into focusing on His presence, we might simply use those few words to remind ourselves of this wonderful truth. Then we reflect. Paul writes to his apprentice Timothy, he writes, Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. We take time to reflect on God's Word and to reflect on our experiences and what God wants to teach us from. You see, reflecting on God's Word and and His revelation to us helps us to to move from our our heads to our hearts. Helps us to move from information to transformation from the inside out. And thirdly, we take time to respond. It's when we take time in prayer or praise, silently spoken or sung. Thanking God for who He is, for what He's saying to us. Or, or for the many different gifts and blessings that He daily showers upon us. And in this time, we also spend time bringing our different prayers of intercession before the Lord. You see, Paul encourages the church, in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Fourthly and finally, how we, in how we spend our, our quiet times, so the fourth element, we simply rest, we rest. We rest in God's presence. We be present to the presence. We enjoy his embrace like the writer of the Song of Songs who rejoiced in the knowledge that I am my beloved's and he is mine. So that's how we might shape our times of retreat. These are the various elements that we might want to include in it. We find a place of Of stillness, of silence, of solitude. And as we do so, as we focus on the Lord, our shepherd, and his presence, we read, we reflect, we respond, and we rest. So, how do we establish that discipline of of retreat, a, a habit of stopping? I want to suggest that we establish a rhythm of life. And I want to offer that there is no better place to start than by looking at Jesus and his rhythm of life, our good shepherd the model that he gives us in Scripture. And if he needed to to live this way, then probably so do we. So firstly, we see a a daily retreat, the daily quiet time. Tells us in in Mark's gospel, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And you see, when Jesus taught us to, to pray, he taught us to pray for our daily bread, which would be indicative of daily prayer, a daily quiet time. In order to make a daily retreat, we'll want to have a place of, we'll need to find a place of, of stillness, of silence, of solitude. We also see Jesus modeling for us a, a weekly retreat, a, a, the weekly Sabbath. Luke tells us on the Sabbath day, Jesus went into the synagogue, as was his custom. That's what he normally did. The Sabbath, of course, lends itself to retreat, and, and Gareth touched on this last week as well because that's exactly what the Sabbath's for. It was established by God as a day for stopping from the normal uh, earthly hustle and bustle and refocusing again on, on God and in his worship. And the psalmist King David writes full of joy. He says, I rejoiced when they said to me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced when they said, let us go up to the house of the Lord.'" And why did they go up to the house of the Lord? Well, yes, to stop their busy day-to-day activities, to spend time in God's presence together with the rest of the flock, focusing on the shepherd. Worshiping him, waiting on him, being refueled and retuned and refreshed for the week ahead. In addition to our, our, our times every Sunday here of times of worship. Every Sunday, we also have our monthly quiet hour. It's something I want to commend to you. It's on the third Wednesday of each month, and um, we just have one on Wednesday evening, but it's a peaceful hour of, of led prayer and meditation, a little time of retreat. Let me encourage you to save the date, third Wednesday in February and every month. So we have our daily quiet time, we have our weekly Sabbath, and and thirdly, we might also want to consider an occasional longer retreat or sabbatical. We see in Mark's gospel that Jesus, that the Spirit sent Jesus out into the wilderness, and He was in the wilderness for 40 days. There was this prolonged period of retreat from the normal activities of the day. Now, it was not a time free from, from temptation, but it was a time of strengthening and of victory. I have to say, I've been getting more and more into the idea of, of retreat of whatever length over my, my years as a Christian. And I hope that the Bible verses that we've looked at this evening, that we can see that this idea really is for anyone who is a follower of Jesus. As a staff team, we're heading off for our staff retreat to the, the North Coast this coming week, just, just using a friend's house and sharing food and fellowship, a walk and worship together in God's presence. Now, we're not all heading off for the whole week, okay? So don't panic, but we'll be going away. Some of us day. some will be able to do two days, but there'll still be staff around the church if you need anything. We're not closing and disappearing. But we're getting back. We, we had times of retreat before COVID and we're getting back into that healthy rhythm again. And, and personally, I've explored a number of different types of occasional longer retreats. And if you can, I would encourage you to do the same. If you'd like to find out more about some options, a little re- research online. And, well, but I'll quickly, briefly just give you a, a few suggestions that you might like to check out. There's, there's Cleopas, and that's an organization that's run by Ross Sterling. They organize and run quiet days and retreats locally. Also, for something longer where you can stay overnight for a day or two, perhaps, you might consider Dramalus. Up in Lauren, owned and managed by the Sisters of the Cross and Passion. We had our first elders overnight retreat at Dramalis at the beginning of September. You might also consider the, the Benedictine Monastery or the youth with a mission base both in Ross Trafford. These are just places I've been to, I've found helpful, uh, good places for retreat. In these places, you will be able to have your, your, your stillness, your silence, your solitude. There's also community prayer times if you want to join in with those, and you can enjoy God's wonderful creation as you explore the, the gardens and the, 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 the coastlines and the countryside nearby. So those are just a few suggestions. Other places, of course, are, are available. You may go f- further afield to places like a Iona or, or Lindisfarne. Or, well, the, the choice is yours. But if you're not used with the idea, though this idea of retreat is a little bit of, it is an adventure, And if you visit any of these places, you'll you'll need to go with an open mind, open to what God wants to say to you and show you uh, as you focus on Him. But just as I finish, these places are good places to consider. But you know, we really don't need to go very far in order to retreat, to refresh, to have an encounter with the Lord, our shepherd. Let us bring our thoughts back to Orangefield here tonight, back to this room, back to God with us right here, right now. We're going to pray in a moment, but first we're going to sing. Let me just invite the the band back up again. And we're going to Use words of a song that acknowledge the Lord's continuing presence with us as he moves amongst us by his Spirit, as he speaks to us by his Word, as he inhabits the praise of his people. So let us be open, continue to be responsive, to be refreshed as the Lord continues to move amongst us. We'll keep our seats and we'll sing this prayerfully. We're going to sing, Be Still. Be still for the presence of the Lord. The Holy One is here. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our shepherd. You are the good shepherd. We thank you that you are working amongst us this evening. Renewing, restoring, reviving, refreshing. Father, we thank you for this idea of retreating to refresh. So please help us in the days ahead to seek out those places and times of stillness, of silence, of solitude, to intentionally, Carve out time, set aside time to go there, to be there. To read, to reflect, to respond, and to rest. To develop this rhythm of life, this rhythm of Jesus, of a daily quiet time, of a weekly Sabbath, of the occasional longer times of retreat or sabbatical. Thank you Jesus. Lord we pray these things for your glory and in the power of the Spirit and in Jesus precious name. Amen. 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 Amen.